heckin' yeah, and good bork borky times here, people. It's another good episode of the Culture Guitars. Don't give me that eyeball. Don't Bro. you give me the eyeballs. My name. <laughs> <laughs> Off to a killer start. Effortlessly <laughs> elegant Al. And with me, as ever, keeping it classy Casper. Mm. And our guest this week Really, really, really ridiculously good-looking Ruben Forsman. <laughs> Toy yes. guitars. Yes. I'll take it, guys. Oh, man. <laughs> That's my brand. Really, um, really, really. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's yeah, why. I was going to I was gonna take up modeling instead, but the guitars just worked out. So Yeah, you know, I think you could have had a run at it, uh, but uh, we're glad you're doing guitars. <laughs> Casper sent me a nickname just before we hit record, and I, I was like, I got one. He was like, oh. <laughs> that's, that's like the first time I've ever been like, oh, I got one. <laughs> never mind. I'm never wow. doing that again. Okay. <laughs> so I'm, I just had, I, I had, I had what I thought no. was a winner. I'm sorry. Well, hey, man, we were on the same page anyway. <laughs> it's true. So Cap- when does, when do I find out the nickname? Well, that was it. Really, oh. really ridiculously good looking Ruben. <laughs> That's that was your nickname, <laughs> man. I have to get nicknames like that more often. Yeah, yeah that's one. it's. You should it's, probably get like a name this, tag. Episode 74, 75? Um, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Something like that. Everybody gets a stupid yeah. nickname right at the start of the episode, and uh, we usually oh, don't reuse really them throughout so the show. Good. But yeah, once I'll upon a it. time, I used to ask people's permission for this. Now I just. Uh, <laughs> no. just happen. Force just, it upon him. Yeah, Force you just jam him. that big spoon right in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, dude! I'm 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 really stoked to have you on. Not only like, you know, you've been on my radar for a while. Uh, okay. We've been following you on social media for about at least a year, more than a year probably. Uh, I think I've been following you on my personal account for a while, but anyway. Um, but as we talk to other luthiers and stuff, um, you keep coming up. People like you. Wow. Um, that's, that's a big compliment. Um, the luthiers, you know, are my peers. So to have those guys mention me is, man, that's a huge compliment for me. Well, it's well-deserved. Your work looks amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's kick it off. In, you know, in in proper fashion, proper fashion, mm. as you were. Do you wanna you wanna start it? You want you know what? You lead this train. I, I'm uh, you know what? I I'm gonna start. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna so this week. You pick who's going next. I, I'm I'm it's actually gonna yours, go baby. first because I want to give a huge shout out to somebody. Okay. Um. So this week, uh, guitar and or music related is actually gonna be also podcast related, because I got a dear friend. That did a thing for us. Oh, yeah. And uh, she deserves a, a big shout out because she listens to every show I find out, which is unbelievable. Um, and she enjoys the show, which is even crazier. But my friend Corey Thompson, she p- compiled a spreadsheet of every episode, guest, and what our nicknames were. Yeah. Like... From the dawn of the of the show, she went through every episode and spent at least a minute at the very beginning re-listening to the beginning 
and getting and, and compiling all our yeah. nicknames. So we have all the stupid nicknames up to, on, up to episode 73. For a year yep. on a year and a half yep. now? Yeah. yeah. Year and a quarter. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So she spent over an hour, at least over an hour, just listening to the dang thing again and then mm. compiled us a spreadsheet, which, Corey, thank you. We, I <laughs> yeah. know I know, we kind of like, hey, somebody should do this. I never expected it uh, from anyone I knew, like personally. <laughs> and Corey and I have been friends for a very long time. Um, you know, she's the godmother of my kids. I, so. I got the list open do you? here. Yep. And... Uh, I first off, and are they compiled into certain categories as well? Yeah, in, so it's it's got Al, Casper, and then the guest at yeah. the top, mm-hmm. and then it just goes down lines all the way to episode seventy three. And well, and it's left, got the episode name too, doesn't it? Uh, no, just says episode number. Okay, uh, but it does. It the nicknames are in, in order of Al, Casper, and guest. Yeah. And uh, it's a little embarrassing. You can tell, like, this did not start out as a planned event. Nope. And nor, nor was it mandatory until later on. <laughs> yeah. You can see when it kind of became mandatory. Uh, it, it became just the way at, by episode 20. Yeah. After that, it was like, we did not miss. There's always a nickname. Yeah. But until then, it may or may not have happened. And at least three times, my nickname was the ever so ingenious, uh, Al. Yes. Because I clearly did not think of anything. Uh, there's got to be, there's one episode in here, though, that I haven't looked for that I'm sure. Um, Was it like actually Al? Well, <laughs> no, Al came up again at 51, which I'm pretty sure is Andrew McKaig from the Presidency of the United yeah, States maybe. of America. Because you <laughs> deliberately sabotaged my attempts to think of any clever nicknames. Yeah, it's like, okay, you have 20 seconds, go. And I hit the record button. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting there with one of my heroes on the freaking microphone and yeah yeah hey man i do what cool. i can it's fine <laughs> it is fine stadium touring rock star and just yeah that's the one you throw me under the bus for of course <laughs> how did that's, that's how like, were you guys able to get him how did you get him on how, how um, did that come together we had we had adam because he's like yeah we had adam dude adam grim from yeah. satellite amps adam grim from satellite amps uh was okay mentioned that andrew helped him out of the shop sometimes i was like I'm sorry. Wow. One of the members of the presidents, United States of America, just casually helps you out in the shop sometimes. <laughs> Excuse me, my childhood is freaking out right now, <laughs> and uh, he was kind enough to hook that up for us. Yeah. So, and it turns out Andrew's a super nice guy and just the most down to earth dude. Yeah. With every cool rock star friend you've ever imagined. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, he's he's just such a rad guy. Um, could not say nice enough things about that guy if I tried. He's so great. And in a very, very, very classless, Neanderthal-like manner, I went around for about two weeks bragging to all my friends that I had a, <laughs> I had the phone number of one of the presidents of the United States in my, <laughs> in my phone. Yeah. Like, Look, I can text him. <laughs> yeah. You have the power, but can you use it? With yeah. great power. I, I don't use it often. You Every once in a while, he and I text, but I try to restrain myself. Oh, nice, man. That's good. Because, so, I mean, you get, I get, I get phone numbers too, um, but like they're not always like text me kind of phone numbers. No, I know. <laughs> I've got, yeah, I've got some of those numbers. I, I luckily enough in my in my touring career, I've been fortunate enough to work with some some pretty large names and kind of, uh, you know, learn how to not be a 
total numpty. <laughs> Most yeah. of the time. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. You're, anyway, not, you're not always successful. I, I know, saying. I know, I know. Um, I interrupted you, though, Casper. That, no worries. Uh, so anyways, that was a big shout to, to Corey for compiling that list together, and it was a, it was a heck of a thing to reminisce about and kind of... Golf clap for Corey? Yeah. And will this list be shared? So that, uh, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, I think it should be shared. That would be an interesting I think, thing. To I think what we should do is we'll, is we can uh, we'll put like a post maybe on our Facebook yeah, of it we'll that do. is like a tagged <laughs> yeah. post and it's and it's all compiled like that. Do something, yeah. yeah. Pin it we'll to the top cool. of the I think page. I don't want to do that on an episode with a guest because it's it'd take a long time to read out. Oh yeah, no, I think so, just like actually like post the yeah the yeah the maybe text. our stories or something. We can yeah. Put it, yeah. <laughs> That's a good plan. Um, <laughs> um, what else? I guess we got our package. You that was going to be my you, thing. Okay, well, yeah. you can talk about that. Um, well, okay, so I have that thing. Your package. Uh, that that thing in my Wink. telly. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, well, yeah. you you go ahead and talk about that because. Okay, uh, you you sure? I don't want. Yeah, you know what, you Ruben? What have you been up to this week, yeah, buddy? Let's, let's talk to Ruben. Um, uh, let's see. So I'm you know, doing I'm, a lot, a lot of promotion for the Hempwood guitar, mm-hmm. trying to keep up with that because we released it on Monday <clears throat> of last week. And, and then of course there was a whole bunch of attention. Guitar World magazine did a big article on their online website magazine piece. And, um, that yeah that's that's made my um emails blow up and a lot of information and details to deal with that and i went over to vancouver i built a guitar for um the kids at sarah mclaughlin school of music as a donation piece um, two years ago and i just went to pick it up put some new strings on it and clean it up to get it ready for them so it has that was my that was my week (laughs) um well you know you yeah people leave Strings on for far too long that they shouldn't, but, um, actually I'm totally guilty. Of that. I, <laughs> I've toured for six months and not changed my strings. Oof. <laughs> it's just like a new set of strings, man. This sounds so good. It's I love true. to change it's them true. Mm-hmm. every two months almost. I yep. used to change mine every month and then, uh, and then I became a broke touring guy, and then, <laughs> that's when the neglect mm. started. You know, what's funny on that note, we talked about strings and, and how you didn't like elixirs because they felt a little a little dark. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we were talking about the same strings because I put a, actually put a set of um, polywebs on a friend of mine's guitar that never comes out of the case, and it's just like when guests come over that play guitar, they can play that guitar. Right. But the, the strings that were on it were black, so I was like, well, you know, I think I probably mm-hmm. have a set of strings kicking around that you know we can put on there that are going to be better. Right. And I had a set of polywebs, or most of a set of polywebs. I think there was like one string missing, but I ended up finding anyway. It doesn't matter. Those polywebs are super thick. Like the coating on them is visible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're really thick and absolutely darker. The nano webs that I use on my Cronbar, yeah, they're bright. They're, they're super they're, bright. They're much better. Yeah. Much better. And and I so I don't notice yeah. the difference. And that, that's where I was like struggling to be like, what do you mean they're dark? I don't Yeah, get I it. mean, there's like an advantage in the fact <clears> that like, okay, they do they do last longer. Mm-hmm. And and because you're wearing off that coating, they they do get brighter for a while as you're playing them. Mm. But I just don't like the feeling of, honestly, one of the best things for me about changing guitar strings 
is instantly there's all this brightness that's going on and all this like these upper end harmonics that you can pull out of the strings. Mm. And so I that's what I didn't enjoy about the coded strings was it's just like these feel dark to me. Where's all that that yeah. mojo on the top end that I want to hear? Yeah, and I think the, uh, those I, heavily I think... coated strings are kind of like that, but I just have, didn't notice the correlation between just like uncoated mm. whatever phosphor mm. bronze strings and are and are the poly the older versions? They were <laughs> yeah, the first, that's right. the first like versions were dandruffing kind of thing. Like the, yep. the, <laughs> yeah. the stuff would come off, and um, but they've actually done a lot. To it I think then. I think they have oh. another series that came out after the nano webs too that are even even mm-hmm. like a tighter coating it's even mm-hmm. thinner um I, I'm gonna try them out but uh, maybe it's time for me to re-explore the 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 range and just see you know get to know them because there's I mean oh. th- there's certainly enough people out there that love elixirs to pieces well there's other brands that are doing it as well and really mm-hmm. well Claritone I I only use Claritone for about five years um and they have that treated it's not coded it's treated they say but um i've used clear tone electrics so yeah. i don't know if i've used their acoustics but mm. yeah i was i was a big fan i nice. haven't uh, i had a like big luthiers kind of deal with them so i had years worth of strings but <laughs> used them up yeah but it's so great having like a hundred sets of each like um diameter or string size yeah each cage um so yeah you're like rocking 500 sets of strings anybody swings by you're like you need a set of strings man <laughs> everybody needs a set of strings on their guitar it's true yep yeah yep. <laughs> it's like they're meant to be there hmm. yeah <laughs> um cool well this week if uh to, to share what i i haven't had a whole lot going on i've been playing a little bit more which has been nice uh-huh um, mm-hmm. This week, there are two notable things that I, that happened. Uh, first, I got the uh, Skybridge from ELM Effects in the mail. Mm. That's been a while. Uh, had that for a bit. Uh, has it? Yeah, a couple weeks. Oh, okay. Did I talk about it already? Yeah, I might have. Okay, yeah. Anyway, Eric Eric Merrill sent that to me as a as a thank you. Stoked about that. And our buddy Brandon Shock uh, sent us. A pair of pedals that were apparently inspired by us. Um, it's the, and, and it's an inspiring a, piece, I tell you. Now a full wow. model. I haven't been able to sit down with mine yet. Really? But, no. Oh, I got a chance this morning. But it's called the Mouth Breather, <laughs> <laughs> which which he claims has nothing to do with how we talk or sound on the podcast. <laughs> but but it's a it's a little hard. You got a to, nickname too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was one of those names where it was like i laughed instantly because i was like yeah i know where this name came from but he claims it's that's not where it came from but it is a, it is a heckin cool pedal like the artwork on the top is really neat he sent us he sent them uh in these like hand hammered copper enclosures that he, he he's not using on the regular model he just made them just for the two of us i think it's kind of cool wow. that we got like the the custom yeah versions. yeah i like and now it's a model that he sells yeah <laughs> which i think is is pretty cool and you know and what was it called again the mouth breather the mouth, the breather. mouth breather pedal yeah. yeah it's a it's a it's and a it's powerhouse man it's got so much going on it's, you got the it, manual there to yeah. attempt to explain to well, people what it, we have. okay so i'm gonna do one little thing here and just i'm gonna read one sentence to just describe how this manual reads and then <laughs> so um 
the volume does the louder and not louder thing depth. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a whole lot of, oh, huh? What? <laughs> I actually love it. And this is like very, very Brandon Shock <laughs> way of describing things. But it has, it's one of those pedals that's got so much going on that I'm upset I don't have two or three. Well, I know a guy if you want another one. No, I know that. <laughs> Funny. Um, but it's like the BitQuest. You know, you find a, a setting within the Dr. Scientist BitQuest. You're like, I like this patch. I like this thing. Mm. And then, yeah. but, but I also like, you know, this other These patch other of the patches, of the eight yeah. patch. Yeah, it's this other thing. I really like this sound that I can get. And you can't have both. You'd have to have two. And that's what, that's what the mouth breather's like. It's got so much versatility between, like, vibrato, tremolo, delay ottawa it's like there's so much going on that yeah yeah i want i want more instant oscillation switch which oh. is something that should be on every pedal it, it is and I, I didn't understand it at first when i opened the box and i was like oh click click on the left switch i'm like okay and then the right one didn't click i'm like oh is it wrong i'm like the monkey in my brain's like this switch is broken <laughs> <laughs> it's a soft touch momentary switch yeah so really cool and, and then i i tried to use the paperwork to kind of play around with it and it was more it was more better just to play it more better yep yeah <laughs> and, and what's what's the what's the brand what's the fellow's uh, brand shock that's... rock yeah. is the pedal shock brand. rock yeah. oh man good name yeah you yeah. gotta if you have if you don't rock. if you don't look them or you don't shock spelled s-c-h-o-c-k yeah. that's his last name yeah if you haven't don't, don't follow him definitely go have a look he makes some yeah. wild so stuff. brandon shock of shock rock pedals cool s-c-h-o-c-k Shock rock. Yeah. Awesome dude. So, mouth breather. Big, big Shock thanks. rock mouth breather. Yeah. And he does another one called The Joy and Sorrow, which oh, is. Oh, it's a wacky, wow. wild, cool pedal. So. Yeah. Anyways, thank you, Brandon. Uh, yeah. Officials, thank you. That's awesome, man. These, now, these things are um, so great. Golf clap for Brandon. <laughs> that can't be a new thing, okay? Yeah, it's a, it's no, a done no. deal. <laughs> it's happened on multiple episodes. It's a thing. I think it just happened on this episode. No, nope, it's happened before. Nope. Uh, so. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to credit men at work on making it happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> There's an old movie. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I, you know what? I just watched an old movie, The Rocketeer. Oh, so good. So good. Found it on Disney+. Plus. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yes. Okay. The Rocketeer, tried, yeah. is that like a superhero? That's a superhero? It's, sort it's, of. It's, it's, it's exactly what you kind of think from the name. It's a guy with a rocket pack. In the 30s. Yeah. Set in the is the thirties or nineteen thirty eight like like pre World War Two World War Two yeah and yeah uh, gotcha yeah gotcha. Jennifer Connelly is in it mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you know I'm married and I've said this to my wife and she agrees with me but Jennifer Connelly is just one of those women who's just like how how is how do you get to run around life being that good looking like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah anyways. Yeah, the Rocketeer. The Rocketeer. Yeah, check that one out. It's uh, so good. It's definitely from 1991. <laughs> but everything, like the style of the movie, is all Art Deco. Yep. Like all the oh, it's so great. Mm. Um. Anyways, let's let's get into it. We're we're not here to talk about Jennifer Connelly as important as that is, and and rockets, and we've already talked to Brandon Shock. Mm -hmm. We're here to talk to Ruben. Let's do it then. Yes. 
I agree. Well said, Ruben. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Let's 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 uh, let's get right into the basics, man. I think the first thing we usually I, ask. Can somebody, I throw a request? Yeah. If you guys, for when you t- when you say my name, you can call me by my nickname. All right, that's a little long, and that's on me. <laughs> that is your fault. That's yeah. really, yeah. really, yeah. really, yeah. really, yeah. really yeah. ridiculously good I looking. Wanna, Ruben. Uh, yeah, I want to enjoy this for all. Of- <laughs> I don't get to hear this enough. You can- <laughs> oh, no. Oh. I mean, let me talk to your partner, Ruben. Uh, we, we, you have created a monster. <laughs> yeah. okay. the, the, the many sides of Ruben Ford and uh, the Joy Guitars. Okay, all right. So starting it off with the basics, give us yeah. the, the origin story of really, really, really ridiculously good-looking Ruben Ford and how you got into this. Um, uh, yeah, so years and years of construction. I, I grew up with a father that was a stonemason. My mom was a seamstress, made, made like handmade quilts. Um, so it was uh, straight to the like construction site after high school and had my journeyman carpenter's ticket after the first four years and then um, just continually moved towards uh, more challenging uh, construction of items, whether it be like log homes or high-end homes and then furniture, and then started making street skates, um, custom street skateboards and custom longboards. That for about seven years, not as a job, but just as like pleasure. Um, Dated a woman that was a cellist and uh, I decided I just build her a cello, an electric cello, and uh, successfully did that and went to the guitar shop, you know, after uh, I was single again and I was like, well, better get a guitar in my life. Got way more time than I need, so ended up in a guitar <laughs> may, may I say shop. that's the appropriate decision when you're slightly sad? Like, <laughs> like for a breakup? <laughs> I'm yeah, sad. Exactly. I, I got to go get a guitar. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't lose. I didn't learn any Jason Mraz or anything like that. So I I, I lived, and uh, here we are today. Um, started. I went into the shop. It was actually in Red Deer, Alberta, where that all happened. And then into the guitar shop, I was like, "Oh man, I can build one of these." And the guys at the counter were. I went over to them and asked them, "Hey guys, like." anybody teach and they said a guy had come in two days before and dropped off cards and he was going to teach so ended up hooking up with him and learning from him in 2008 and then did uh evenings and weekends kind of thing for building for friends and uh family or whatever and that kind of thing for five years 2013 i started really considering going after it so yeah Full time since then. So at that time in that in the guitar shop, you didn't play guitar, and you were looking um, for lessons to teach you how to play or teach you luthery. Um, I was actually looking to just buy a guitar. I had you know guitars over the years, and I didn't have one at the time, and so I just went in to buy one. And rather than buying one, I ended up hiring a guy who had just dropped off business cards to teach to build. So yeah, luthery. Okay. Yeah. So, and he's since passed and, 
I had the honor of building him his urns for his, his kids. So, oh, wow. Pretty neat experience. Yeah. Wow. So, you, you have, um, now what, what year was that? I'm sorry. 2013, 2013 is when okay. I started to focus on it. Like, I started talking to my boss who was working for him, like, hey, man, I'm, I'm out. I'm tapping out here. So it's been, so. Uh, I mean, I mean, that's eight years, but that's still relatively recent. That's, that's mm -hmm. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been, um, I mean, I had Slash commissioned me in 2000, summer 2014. So it was fast, man. <laughs> Which is pretty crazy. Intense. That's, yeah, that's a crazy, crazy thing. And like a really nice that's a really cool feather in your cap, man. That's a really cool thing to be able to say. Like not everybody gets that kind of opportunity. So no, I'm, I'm grateful for it every day. Yeah. So if, uh, well, since you brought it up, how, how did that, uh, happen? How did he, uh, find you or how did you find him? He, he went to, the, there's a guy out of Vancouver who was selling like Chrome. Uh, how do you pronounce it? Your Cron buddy there. Cronbauer. Cron Bowers and a handful of other, like Michael Greenfield, Linda Manzer, um, <clears throat> a whole bunch of the Canadian luthiers. And he'd contacted me, said, Hey, I'm interested in selling your work. So, um, a year after he had contacted me in 2012 and, and the summer 2000 and, or spring of 2014, he had been contacted by the people of Slash that, said that he was looking for a tree mahogany guitar. Um, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the tree yeah, mahogany. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I am. I, okay. I, you're, are you familiar with that, Casper? No. Okay, I, I think there's probably a lot of people out there who aren't. But uh, the tree, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, ridiculously good-looking Ruben. Really, 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 uh, really. <laughs> I gotta shorten it a little bit. We can drop. Yeah. We can drop it to Ruben. That's good. That's cool. I felt good for a minute, but now it's not. <laughs> um, so the tree was, uh, yeah, an incredibly old uh, Honduran mahogany tree, and uh, was it in Madagascar? Or was it Belize. Actually, Belize. 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 Okay. Yeah, and it, it just has this great story. There's a whole like, story of how complex it was to not only yeah like cut down, but like to actually retrieve from where it was mm -hmm. cut, and uh, it ended up sitting around for a good number of decades after it was felled. Yeah. It well, it was felled in '67, and then a guy named Robert Novak went into the jungle in '71 or '72 because he had heard about it because of it. It's it was like huge. grand size. Yeah. yeah. And um, um, so, so he went in like with like kind of like donkeys and hauled in like equipment <laughs> down the river from it. And it was in a ravine and they had to chop it up and float it down the river 200 yeah. miles or something. And, and it's, it's, and then it, it's, um, it's renowned for the figuring mm -hmm. and the color and the look of this wood and the tone apparently mm -hmm. has been like, yeah, it's got a different tone. Yeah. So these these mahogany pieces are obviously incredibly limited because there's only one tree that's ever looked like this or sounded like this, and it's gone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, so when it runs out, it's out. That's it. Nobody's yeah. getting it. That's any, right. And it's literally known as the tree. That's it. And uh, so when it's gone, it's gone. So these any any material from this thing or 
incredibly valuable. Uh, I, yeah. The price is a very little bit, of course, piece to piece, but they're not friendly. <laughs> no. not, not to you or no, I. They cost more than most people's. Most people's they cost one set cost more than most people's collection of instruments. So. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so that's that's kind but, of the 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 briefest of backgrounds on what the tree is and stuff. So anyway, sorry, Ruben. Go, that's go, right. Go. Well, and Slash was looking for a guitar built out of that. And I had just like the week before that acquired a set. And so uh, myself and seven, seven other luthiers through this bespoke uh, retailer basically put a menu together for Slash of like what we bring to the table. And um, I was chosen out of like, like Greenfield and some of the other top Canadian guys, man. So. Um, wow, a lot of pressure, but a really, really cool thing. So, yeah, that's. <laughs> I imagine once you were chosen, it was very like, yes, oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> it, I actually didn't start saying oh crap till about four days before delivering it because I hand delivered down to his house in L.A. Right? I yeah, down there, and <laughs> I'm like four days ahead. I'm like, I can't. It's not oh. I'm like, oh man, I can't mess this up. I have to get there and this <laughs> thing has to blow Slash's mind. Uh, oh boy. And, you know, then, so then it became like, I think for the last four days, I was like five hours on the fourth night and like three hours of sleep on the third night. Not because I was like, couldn't sleep, but because I was working 21 hours straight. Because yeah. I was like, this has to be perfect. And then the night before flying down there, I did a like 22 hour, like went to Vancouver because I had to catch an early flight down to LA and was like working on the kitchen table at a friend's house. And then <clears throat> um, slept in a chair and like, I think I slept in a plane maybe, or maybe I was just buzzing too much. I couldn't even sleep because <laughs> uh, I got to LA and got a hotel and was like, man, I still had work to do. I was doing intonation work still, but I had to get some sleep. So I slept for probably an hour and a half in the hotel and then got up and did the last of the intonation on his guitar on the desk in the motel room that I was renting. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man. So That's amazing. Worked out, worked out. What a, what a cool experience, man. What a, that's, that's so awesome. And he seems like, uh, you know, grandiose life and stories notwithstanding. Um, mm -hmm. the, the people I know that have that have met him say he's a super nice dude. Super nice dude. Like he, <clears throat> when I when he comes to Vancouver, I go over and go see the shows and then meet before or after or whatever. And he's always like he he just asks questions about you and um yeah, just like a regular dude that just stoked on life and i mean he's been blessed man it, it it shows that he feels that way about his life which is uh, i think that's a a feat in itself to feel that way about life and be as big of a rock star as he is so yeah yeah totally yeah <laughs> there's certainly uh, people with um much smaller careers and much smaller levels of achievement that are uh, much more egotistical Looking yeah, at you, mm. Casper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's wow. a cool dude. He's wow. a cool dude, man. Yeah. 
Oh, that's that's great. So so okay. So at that point, you'd really only been in the game full on for a year, mm-hmm. or roughly, give or take a bit. Yeah. Um, does that feel weird to to be a year in? Bam! You're making a making a guitar for Slash out of the tree, no less. Yeah. Um, and then you got to go forward from there. How how do you how do you go forward from there? Like where do you where do you expect yeah. yourself to be? Like you know, because I I. Yeah, I'm a tool, and I would go <laughs> forward. Like, in high school, and <gasps> I'm gonna. How am I gonna top? The, like I would. One, that would be my one first trick pony. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I laid definitely laid in bed. And I'm like, this can't be one trick pony thing, man. Can't. Like, I need to. I need to build a brand that. Well, I already had a vision of my brand even before that, and that's that's why I was chosen by Slash. So, feel like. Um, there was that like thought for a minute in my head, like, okay, uh, where do you go from here? I mean, he's not Eric Clapton, but he's certainly, I'm, I, I don't know how old you guys are, but he's definitely one of the top, like the icon guys of my generation. Oh um, man. I think, I think that's exactly it. Like Clapton was, I mean, not that he's not still a God to a lot of guitars, but Clapton, you know, Clapton became Clapton is God. For his like 60s, 70s stuff. That yep. was mm-hmm. that was his era. Yeah, the cream years and stuff. Yeah. And Slash um, Slash became Slash for his late eighties, early nineties mm-hmm. stuff. That's that's the era, man. Um yeah. and it's not that he's less important now. It's just you know, there's every generation has their heroes, right? And the next the next generation had Jack White and you know, there's Yeah. Or yep. if you're a little softer, the John Mayer. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Work, well, I'll get working on that guy too. I'd like to do build a guitar for John Mayer. Um, well, John, and get in touch with our friend Ruben. <laughs> John's surely yeah. listening. So. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a shout. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but Slash is just like iconic. So I, I was kind of like, oh, where do you go from here? But um, part of that build for him was not just a tree, and my business is not just like a single focus. So I had, you know, I had found a rusty alternator on the, on, uh, the ocean side and looking down it, like looking down, it almost remind me of a volume pot dial, like a big version of a volume pot dial for electric guitar. Mm-hmm. So and, and slash when I met him with, in before the build was, he originally wanted a dreadnought, but I told, I talked him into a small jumbo cause it's just a sexier looking guitar. And then asked him like, what do you want for artwork? Like, are you specific on anything? And he's like, you're, you, you're the artist man giver. I was like, ah, <laughs> no direction. <laughs> but yeah, I found that rusty alternator and pulled wire out of that for those rosette, which I inlaid in like, like an electronic, like wire trans, wire electric kind of feel um, to kind of like tied into electric. And, and then that's when I, moved into the well prior to that i had actually had been trying to find the guy that owned Jimi hendrix's childhood home and i found him this fellow pete sickoff from seattle um about a month and a half after i had gotten the commission from slash and so turned that into part of it and was able to get some of the house to put into slash's guitar to kind of like inspire him so 
which is also just like come unbelievable. On. That's an unbelievably cool thing as well. <laughs> uh, man, that's you're definitely uh, you're definitely hitting some rock star milestones, man. <laughs> oh man, it's I just like look back at all these little things and just makes me grin because uh, timing is so amazing and like. I mean, part of it is my determination, part of it is my vision, and a big part of it is also luck and that all combined, like, I mean, I looked for this Pete Sickoff guy for, from May, and I found him in, like, September, and I delivered in December. So when I found him in September, it was only because there was an article in some, like, really rogue uh, arts and culture magazine about a guy who started a recording studio who Pete Sikoff owned the land or the, the recording studio. So butter slide recording studio it was called. And uh, that fella hooked me up with Pete. It was uh, just really crazy. That's yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, that, I mean, that's, that's like we were talking about in the, uh, kind of like what we were talking about in the pre-show chat of just like you know, how we got Andrew McKeague on the show, just that, that lucky connection that just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, you, you meet someone and you meet someone else through them. And, and, you know, I hate to use the, like the multi-level marketing terms here, but sometimes networking really does make all the difference in the world. I think it does. Yeah. I, th- I, I think so. Yep. Yep. Well, <laughs> so I don't, I don't just want to pick your brain constantly about the, the slash build and, and, and the tree, because we could probably spend the whole episode talking about that, because there's so much to go into with that. Um, but you've got, you, you know, you're listen. Anybody out there listening to this, and and, and uh, you know, especially you, John Mayer. Um, <laughs> you broadcast in Montana, right? Yeah. <laughs> you need to be following Joy Guitars Instagram because it is just, it is just pure fantasy that's that's what it is mm-hmm. everything oh, wow. uh, everything everything you post man is just like it creates a hunger inside me uh well. which sounds like the creepiest thing ever but i'm sticking with it <laughs> uh, <laughs> you overshare sometimes i do yeah, yeah. i know we <laughs> what, what what was it Corey was saying to us uh in in her email with the the list of stupid nicknames her, one of her favorite stories was uh, <laughs> Donald ducking it across the yeah. yard. I don't remember which episode that was. Now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I had a bad day. Where you I, were Amnesia Al, whatever episode that was. was Amnesia <laughs> Al, yeah. I had, I had a bad day where I had to run outside mostly naked. <laughs> other than <a> t-shirt. <laughs> oh, man. Streaking. You know, yeah. I, I just, uh, I'm honest. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's appreciated. <laughs> well, I hope it's I hope it's appreciated. It's it's um It makes everybody else feel more comfortable, perhaps. <laughs> was it was it Alzheimer's L or was it amnesia? Amnesia. <laughs> Are you looking it up? I'm trying to remember. It. Yeah, now I, I want to know. remember. <laughs> I just can't remember. Anyway, I am gonna I'm gonna find well, it. But uh uh, now I'm now I'm all distracted, but y- yeah, your your Instagram is is it's it's hot, man. It turns me on. I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> so you just had uh, uh, an article published in Guitar World. 
Yes, that's right. That's that was the hempwood. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the hempwood yeah. guitar. Um, so, um it's the yes, there sir. is a fella out of Germany that is building hemp stone guitars, but this is the world's first traditionally built acoustic. Because hempwood is not actually wood; it's a manufactured wood. Correct. Yes, like kind of like the bamboo flooring kind of thing. Yeah, so it's it's or like bamboo. Would you would you say it's like like rockalite or that kind of a thing? Um, I rockalite's like kind of like powder with like MDF, where this is more like a uh, strand bonded strand fiber. board. Okay. Yeah. Um. So like, uh, like bamboo is when they compress it. So basically, it's hemp fibers that gets like compressed really intensely into create and then glued with the guys at a hempwood uh, company, um, Fibonacci, that's the company that creates the hempwood in Kentucky, USA. Um, he had Greg Wilson is his name. He's the visionary be behind the company. He had been working in the bamboo industry for many years and had this vision of like, we could do the same thing with hemp. And I want to do it in Kentucky area and local kind of like farming area and <clears throat> try and do it in a really environmental way, the best that it's possible. Because, it, I mean, you, you always still have to have glues and stuff, but um, he's used a soya-based glue for his uh, adhesion in the wood. And obviously, you know, the, the material is hemp wood or hemp which is an extremely fast-growing, extremely good carbon di dioxide-taking it's, it's really plant. fascinating. You know, I, um, I'll, be, I'll be straight up honest. I kind of blew off a lot of the hemp uh, information coming at me for a few years because most of it was coming from my, my really hardcore stoner buddies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, the, it's the plate that's delivered on something. Well, yeah. yeah. Cause I mean, I, I, I love my, my friends, all of them. And I, and, yeah. and I love my stoner friends as much as, as any of my friends, but they are yeah. the ones that are like, weed isn't addictive, man. It's like, you, sp well, you spend all day smoking it. <laughs> I love you, Kyle, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> 25 years you yeah. haven't gone without, man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think anything... hemp is compiled with those. Like when you think of hemp, you think weed. It's automatic. Yeah, but that was, that was my first introduction to like, info on hemp and hemp products was always yeah. those guys so it was kind of like okay whatever, yeah yeah whatever <laughs> yeah and then the hemp stores that are around you walk in and it's like smells like oh, some yeah like you, just, you come out doesn't smell like weed necessarily yeah. but they've got some sort of incense <laughs> you're, growing you're and then like the smell of patchouli <laughs> out of your skin for a week <laughs> um, <laughs> so like i don't know about this hemp thing man but uh the more know. the more i did actually get to know in like info about hemp and that kind of thing it's, it's it's a funny. crazy cool crop and product and like it is the things you can make from it are just wow like how, it's true how and it's been ways, like it was like the first clothing it was the sales for this for the like fleets of ships and like before there was the other fabrics it was hemp fabric that was used yeah. and then i mean it was used in the pyramids between the stones um and it was used in the World War One, and uh, I think they illegal 
made it illegal after World War One in the United States. Yeah, there's there's mm-hmm. a couple of pretty interesting documentaries out there that I'm going to paraphrase horribly, um, but essentially like other industries really kind of, um, kind of uh, backhanded deals with uh, government officials and that kind of thing to kind of uh, really clamp down on hemp in mm-hmm. order to. Uh, bolster their own bolster their own industries yeah. and, and that kind yeah. of thing and it's and it's really too bad and it's taken forever for that to turn around it's still not there yeah um, i mean that'd be almost we're almost 100 years yeah like it started becoming legal and again and they started the talks in 2008 i believe in 2014 could start growing it in the united states which is I mean, it's been legal in Canada for a little bit longer. Yeah, the U.S. is always just a just a beacon of uh, progressive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Very forward thinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, uh, at the same time, they they are um, they they really do set trends and stuff. So. Oh, they and, do. It's you yeah. know this. We. I. That's like, a compliment to the Americans. But I, I like true. to tease my American friends and 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 stuff, but I would never seriously insult I, I i hope i i hope i've never come off as seriously insulting you insult me all of the time well you're not american <laughs> you're just a daft canadian i'll insult you all day long thank you you're welcome buddy <laughs> uh no i i very right after high school i i got to move down to utah and live there for a little while oh. and uh oh. that i think was a really great thing for me because it kind of put me in touch with Americans on a ground level way um, and on an individual way. Cause I think yeah. if you're, if you don't get to know them that way, it can be easy to get frustrated with American politics. <laughs> well, I think, and you just got to look at it because we're all people, right. And you gotta, you gotta break it down to the people. If totally. you don't get to spend it a lot of time yeah. with the people, you can spend a lot of time generalizing them into, Oh, those yeah. damn Americans. It's like, or anybody yeah. really? Yeah, yeah. anybody. That, that's yeah. what I was just about to say. I, anybody I found that the same with, with Australians. Like Australian, their government can be pretty conservative sometimes, and and I don't always swing that way. Um, and uh, but you get over to Australia and you, and you meet Australians. It's like these are the greatest people. <laughs> They're awesome. Yeah. And and I, I found that with with most places, it's you know yeah. people on an individual level just want to live. They want to raise their families. They want to support themselves and their families. I feel an uncle happy. I feel an uncle Al moment coming. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know, their governments do not necessarily reflect their people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, anyway, we're, we're yeah. sidetracked so, here. So hemp, very (laughs) useful stuff. It's it's an amazing product. And and, uh, I mean, it's, it can be, it, I don't see from guitars, it's not like the kind of thing that's going to change the guitar industry in any way. But it, for me, it was just a conversation. It's a conversation to hemp itself and the usefulness of it. And it doesn't have to just be flooring or like a picture frame or a cabinet. It can be, um, it can be way more. So well, I, I mean, think that that was the conversation I wanted to have around peace. I yeah. I think you've done that, man. This thing is a beautiful work of art. Mm-hmm. Uh, I you know it's funny. I never, not that the front isn't gorgeous because it absolutely is. I don't know what it is about me, is but especially with acoustics, I always find myself staring at the back. 
<laughs> like that's where I find the sexiest bits for myself. Like I'm in love with your neck heel, um, with that <laughs> that whole area, the the the, the volute. Back you're gonna, gonna, you're gonna oh, start yeah. fanboying like you did That's Dion. Nice, I nice. know. <laughs> <laughs> you just, nice. You I'll just take it. Did it? You just did yeah. everything so. I I I've overused this word, especially I did it with Dion too. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it here. It's so freaking elegant, man. <laughs> oh. Wow. Um, so in the in the process of putting this together, like this this hempwood guitar. Um, what yeah. was that material like to work with as a, uh, in like relation to, I'm going to add on to that. I'm not done. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so how was it to work with in relation to other, you know, tone woods that you've used? And, um, did you have to make any, any, um, alterations to your process in order to work it? My add on to that is yeah. I noticed some carbon fiber in the headstock. Yeah. Is, was that structural or is, or is that uh, just decorative? Um, that's somewhat structural. Um, the headstocks tend to be, uh, like that area can be a weak point for neck breaks. Like, um, well, the whole neck obviously up in that neck volute area is one of the most like fractured sections of an instrument. And, um, I run a dual carbon rod down the double action titanium truss rod um, underneath the fingerboard and I just carry that carbon fiber um, rod into that carbon fiber fabric which is on each side of my headstock plate behind the the plate wood or the wood that's used for back and sides so it's somewhat decorative because my detailing because we all luthiers have their own kind of headstocks and the little cutaway on the top right of the instrument on the front and the back is shows off the carbon fiber. So it's a bit decorative there, but structural outside of that. Okay. Um, as far as what it was like to work with hempwood. Okay. Well, it was, it, so I got a slab that was, it comes in a five and a half inch by half five and a half inch by 48 inch long block. So, I had to mill that up and then join four pieces to make the back. Mm. But I had to join them like so that you would never see it. I um, was just about to say, yeah. man, that you you crushed it with that that joining because I'm 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 just I'm fully zoomed in on some of the pictures you've emailed me here, and I can't see the joints. Yeah, it's it. Uh, it just takes time. So I took my time. That's, I mean, that's what a luthier does. We take our time. That's mostly her, her craft is taking the time. But, um, so I had to do deal with that right off the bat. And the sides obviously are like four and a half inches. So it worked for the sides. Right. Um, when I ripped it, I brought it down to like a three mil thickness for the back and sides. And at that thickness, it was still like quite structural, but um, a normal back is three mils. Well, I, I don't usually use mils, but like 2.6 mils or 2.3 mils. It depends on the wood. Right. Um, you can even go thinner. 
those like hard rosewoods or African blackwoods, you can get quite thin, depends on your back bracing system, um, a whole bunch of things. But with this, it, it was a bit, um, it got a bit soft when I got down to like two and a, two and a half mils. So I ended up having to do some um, Kevlar honeycombing work with the back to create strength in it, um, which ironically um, I got from your good friend Dion. So oh wow! Your Dion got uh, gave a piece to me. So Dion is he's a good he's such a good dude. Yeah, I, I been a long time since we got to have Dion on the show. Um, and I still just cannot say enough good things about him. He's such a kind guy. Yep. It's true. Yeah. He's, uh, so he, he hooked me up with that, uh, Kevlar honeycomb and then my, my sides I've been doing for years, a three ply sandwich, which is like two layers of a mahogany skin with the carbon fiber, uh, layer between the sandwich like that. Um, which becomes extremely dense and super flat. And then my exterior wood, which is the back and sides, the sides laminate on top of the triple ply there of uh, carbon fiber and two mahogany. So yeah, outside of, outside of like just really tenderly bending it um, and then Toning the back was a bit different than anything I've ever done because it's not, it's not a super resonant wood um, without the additional work that I had to do. So that was all like experiment and, you know, like sand to different, just take a little bit off at a time and just keep tapping until I was happy with it. Yeah, I can imagine with... Um a composite material it's always uh it must be trickier i would think um and this is a completely ignorant statement so you know correct me if i'm almost certainly wrong definitely definitely um and i don't work with composites very often outside of my side so it was definitely a bit tricky yeah yeah it takes a lot of uh takes a lot of time and and uh and tuning to to get that same same tone as a as a as a wood, which is at this point, you know, wood in guitar use and luthery has hundreds, if not thousands of years of, of evolution um, right. into how, how to work with that and how to, you know, tune it to, to get the most, uh, most sound and the most tuneful sound out of it. And yeah. And this is something I've never, uh, well, basically no one's ever created it. So it was completely new for me to and foreign to like try and um, turn into a tone wood. <laughs> so rad, man, and 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 a, a real testament to your skills and in, in the in the engineering of your your work and stuff that it has has turned out and and your your ear for for sound because uh, listening to listening to the demo video. Of of the hempwood guitar being played, um, oh, his name just—I forgot his name. By that, A- Andy Bacon. Andy, Andy Bacon. A- Andy Bacon, not related to Kevin, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know is, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, 
like he he does a beautiful job playing the guitar, but the guitar is, it, you know, it's well well displayed in that video because of how musical it sounds, how beautiful that tone is, and and there's just so much complexity to it. Like listening to it is a, I I like I said before we started recording, I've listened to that tune quite a bit just because it's like nice. It's oh, it's like God reaching down into my earlobes and just <laughs> massaging yeah. my eardrums with velvet gloves. Yeah, it's um, man, I'm like I'm lucky to work with the fingerstyle guitarists like Andy Bacon and um, the yeah. You should I ear, wish, I wish ear you massage went well. <laughs> I wish you could see the face <laughs> that Casper's making right now. <laughs> Heck, that may well be one of the cringiest things you've ever said. <laughs> yeah. I think this show thrives on my cringy sayings. We should have someone yeah. compile a spreadsheet. Uh, it's not going to be me, but uh, I, you know what? Uh, that would be, uh, you know what? Okay. Here's a challenge to our listeners. Um, if you feel so inclined and you remember them, you don't have to review episodes or anything, but go ahead and compile a list of, let's say your top five cringiest things Al said. <laughs> I would love to see what those possible <laughs> lists might come back to us. and go ahead and drop those in our DMS on Instagram or something. And, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good challenge. That's I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get to work on that right okay. after week's stuff recording. <laughs> My list will be long. <laughs> Great. Oh man. Um. So let's let's. I want to talk about the uh, if we can the 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 Hendrix uh, tribute guitar. Is that what you were calling it? Or the um, Hendrix. I call it harmonic. Harmonic Hendrix home guitars. So the Hendrix has had such a weird um, vibe about like, like he's this like iconic, amazing guitarist, but so much weird stuff and like, I guess you could almost like negative stuff happened for him. I don't know if you've like researched him, but like he really struggled for so many years. And then that last four years of his life is when, um, it flourished, but even through that, you know, there was so much struggle. And yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's interesting that he flourished, but he was also, you know, struggling with the substance problems and uh, ultimately that led to his death. Right. So it's. Uh, exactly. It's a mixed bag and a tragedy still, even with the, all the success. Yeah. And I mean, when you, when you have that kind of, stardom and then you pass there's all kinds of residue that's left over for family and 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 the estate of you know of the Jimi hendrix estate so which it's crazy because i think it was andrew mckeg that was part of the Jimi hendrix experience and he, he talked a lot about some of the that stuff from yeah where we had him on. yeah but i mean he also touched on some of the complexities complexities um, like, you know, the fact that his like his half sister or something like that, that he never even met Correct. has the rights to He met her three times. Three times? He met, okay. yeah, Janie is her name. Um, apparently from all of my, I've read his, bio, all the Jimmy biographies and watched everything. And, and, and I'm actually met Janie down in LA. And then again, she's this really great, nice, kind woman, but, uh, she inherited it. This Al, Al Jimmy's father left everything to her by choice so um 
it's it's strange from the outside world perspective, but you know we're not we weren't all in that situation. And there's, I mean, Jimmy had like two sisters and two brothers, um, all you know from different fathers, possibly. No, uh, well, Leon was from a different father, but um, it's a complex. There's so many complexities, yeah. yeah. And it ended up with Janie, and um, there's there's lots to that, but. You know, my experience with the authentic Hendrix and the estate has been really, really good. And um, so, I so took... you didn't just buy wood from the owner of the old house. Like you were, no, you were working with authentic Hendrix. Like it wasn't a, it was a partnership on that. Well, I had to, um, I spent two over two years working on a license agreement with them and then had, had pre pre-conversated with the guy that owned the home who was gifting me the wood to build with so that um, he had a vision for the home that he was going to turn into a museum and try to do a whole bunch of things, but really wasn't able to. And when I came to him to do the slash guitar, he had envisioned it already before I'd even come to him about the possibility of guitars being made with it. Mm. And, um, it just had never happened. Um, and when I came to him, he was like open to the slash thing. But then right after that, we started conversating about like possibility of a small run of acoustics. And so then I moved into like, okay, well now you have to get a license agreement to do anything. Jimi Hendrix, I believe he's like probably the most licensed musician in the world. And, um, so yeah, moved into license agreement with the estate. That took two and a half years to get that. I got a license agreement, and then part the license agreement was to build ten high-end acoustic steel string guitars out of the woods from Jimmy's bedroom and the living room, and then nails from the wood used for like fret markers and wiring from the house used as like the fret dots. Um, the upper fret dots and then scraped off paint chips off of the wood flooring and used that in the rosette. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Very, very cool. Yeah. Very beyond just a guitar or an acoustic that's of unbelievable workmanship. Um, <clears throat> it's very like very high art. You know, it reminds me of like, um, m-tone guitars in oregon mm-hmm. or, or you know man he's good oh he's so good i love that dude yeah i i really yeah. wanted to have him on the show but he it's not quite his thing he's not into that kind of stuff so he's he's he sees right. himself as uh as an artist and he just wants to focus on that and i get that you know he, yeah he was very kind about it but <laughs> um yeah but just guitars that are built almost more as art than, yeah. than guitar or from from a perspective of the art is equal to the guitar um, that's exactly it yeah. i love i love that man i love what you're doing that way it's 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 really exciting to for me as a builder to focus on that because it gives you like this fire to to for me i a fire to try and see if i can connect with people with my concept which they don't always hit like i have lots of different concept guitars and some of them really hit like this hempwood guitar really hits. Um, Hendrix of course has been interesting, 
Um, but um, beautiful, beautiful experience to build guitars out of Jimmy's, Jimmy's childhood home. Yeah. Yeah. What a, what a, what a cool, what a, what a privilege, what an honor that, that, that is for you, man. I, I really, I really think that's it amazing. Is. And what a cool way to, you know, if you were to tomorrow just decide to run off and become a monk and never touch a guitar or a tool ever again, <laughs> that's a beautiful, <laughs> not that you will, but that's a, yeah. that's a really beautiful legacy and man to leave behind. It's, man, exactly. You're making me smile because that's exactly like a big part of it is what can I leave like those story pieces because you guys are musicians so you understand that like you get the like power of music and, and how it inspires people and for me like to be part of that whole circle is through building an instrument and you know incorporating something special from somebody's past that inspires somebody to like the passion people have for Jimmy's music or that kind of thing. So, mm. and then another kind of interesting thing that most people don't know is that Jimmy started on an acoustic and he also, his last album was an re- acoustic album that's still not released yet. But if you Google Jimi Hendrix, black gold, which my first Hendrix guitars, um, named black gold i used all gold detailing on it and then the back and sides are african blackwood and uh, um but black gold is an acoustic album of 16 songs of jimmy played on a martin guitar in his apartment in new york a couple weeks before a couple months before his passing and he left the recordings with mitch mitchell the drummer um passed away and mitch had him until 2005 and then um, gave him back to the estate so Janie has them. She's released one song, um, Suddenly November Morning, I believe it is called. Um, but yeah, he has an acoustic album that's still yet to be released. Wow, that's cool. That's very cool. I didn't know that. Um, and I think, was it Mitch, it wasn't Mitch Mitchell's uh, estate that Andrew was working with? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when, when Mitch passed away. Yeah. So, yeah, so if anybody hasn't listened to our episode with uh, Andrew McCaig from the presidency of the United States of America. Um, it's a, it's a cool, it's a very cool episode. And he does, he did uh, go over and help clean out Mitch Mitchell's house and storage units wow. and stuff with his, yep. wow. his wife. Um, yeah. You know, what's wow. crazy is she, she offered to give him one of Hendrix's fuzz faces, fuzz faces um, wow. of the, you know, couple handfuls that he had. And yeah. uh, Andrew is such a class act dude. He was like, no, no, that's unnecessary. You don't have to do that. He he turned it down. <laughs> Can you imagine being so cool and so classy that the mm-hmm. to turn down a, like a pedal owned and used by Jimi Hendrix? And and Jimmy's stuff was like handmade for him too. This we're not talking like no necessarily yeah. production. Like he was pushing. He was. I don't remember the name of the guy. You guys probably know the name uh, of the guy. You know what? We we should, but we Push. don't either. But the guy who oh. making those pedals, like he made it. He tweaked him for Jimmy anytime Jimmy just for Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy would say this and that, and I need this and that, and he would go to his lair and create it for him. And um, I mean that that's amazing that he would pass that up because that's as I 
he's known as the guitar player, but the pedal was as iconic for him as the guitar, really. Yeah, like his well, playing was unbelievable, but how he used his pedal. He, I think he felt like it was, uh, I don't want to miss, I don't want to misquote Andrew or Andrew's intentions, but he just, I think he felt like it wasn't the right move. You know, he's there with uh, mm. Mitch's yeah. widow and, and she's offering to give him stuff. Well, yeah. he's, he's going through stuff on behalf of a museum to take yeah. it and put it in the museum. He just, he just felt like it wasn't the right thing to do. And, uh, and it, I'm, you know, he's a huge guitar geek. And so I'm sure <laughs> it was just as it's been hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lesser man like myself would eventually be like, yes, <laughs> we'll take it. Back pocket. Yeah, back uh, pocket. Yeah. I'm not saying you would have seen it on eBay a week later or anything, but I probably <laughs> would have at least taken the pedal. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, yeah, that was. I, uh, <laughs> I'm, I have, I have in my house at this moment, one of Slash's personal guitars. That's right. You um, have I an Anaconda That kind of segues into yeah. that. I do, yeah. It's it's gonna go to Paris to a guy in Paris who's this young, brilliant entrepreneur who's kind of traded his way up and to create this business. It's this like bespoke um guitar store um that's just like a hideaway, kinda like that back alley. You gotta know somebody, know somebody to get to this place. Yeah. It's called Matt Matt's guitar shop in in Paris and he deals with like all like like all the like guitarists, guitars. So um, Jeff Buckley's guitar that he played Hallelujah on in Paris, he had that for years and years. Ended up selling it to the lead singer Muse, and he's got a Jimi Hendrix guitar in there. He's got so um, just run of the mill crap yeah. then, really. Yeah, man, that. you've got you got to look that guy up. Matt's Guitar Shop in Paris. He's the one. He's purchased it, so it'll be going to him, and then all the profits from that sale are going to go to the Sarah McLaughlin school of music in Vancouver for, um, music for the kids. It's uh, a free Sarah created. Uh, there's three schools now, one in Vancouver, one in Surrey and one in Edmonton. And it's all free music for, and now they've even uh, at over 65 people can go in and do these music programs. But initially it was for music for kids who just don't have the opportunity to uh, have music in their life. And so she created that no cost for the kids. And um, I was able to do this with Slash. He, I built him a second guitar last year out of all snake wood. Um, you know, cause Slash yeah, is Slash. a snake guy. <laughs> 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 Which is actually rarer than the tree to get a log. I have more, way more tree mahogany than I do snake wood. Snake wood's ridiculously hard to find in a tree like a guitar size. So when I got this, I was like, got in touch with him and said, Hey, like, let's, are you interested in doing this with me where I build you this snakewood guitar and I get one of yours and then we sell it. And profits go to this Sarah McLaughlin school of music and he was in. So that's, that's awesome, man. That's, that's, that's really cool. That's what a, oh, what a beautiful way to give back. What a, like the schools are super cool. And Sarah McLaughlin is a really, she seems like she's a really hip lady for, for that kind of stuff. I'd, I'd really like to talk to her someday. And, you know, for that matter, if you feel like telling Slash, uh, we'd love to have him on the podcast. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say that, but I didn't want to pander too hard. No, no, I'll pander. I'll, I'll, be, the, I'll, I'll be the classless Neanderthal. Um, I can get um, dr I maybe drummer. I can have, I mean, 
Sirma Hendrix thing. I worked with Kenny Olson from Kid, he was Kid Rock's guitarist. He did a bunch of Cheryl Crow stuff, oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Dude, all of Cheryl Crow stuff. He was playing those uh, V's, wasn't he? Uh, I don't know what he was playing electric wise, but <laughs> he's uh, he he helped me with my Hendrix promotions year in 2018. So oh, cool. Um, yeah. Well, you know we'll. But, yeah. I'll, I'll again classless Neanderthal here. Anybody who's got some cool stories, we'll lo- we'd love to talk to. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'll stop pandering while we're on the air. <laughs> uh, I have a question about another guitar you've made, or a couple of guitars you've made, and I don't understand um, the source of the wood or what the, the. It's the ones that have the like the holes in them. All over the tops. That okay. Work, that beetle eaten or whatever. Is that is? is that? I don't know what that is. And that they look it's fantastic. It cool. But pl- please describe that. What what are what are we looking at? If you go so to that uh, is your Instagram, you could scroll down. You'll see mm-hmm. these. Uh, just for our listeners, um, they're they look almost like nature has created holes in these wood, and you've used it as like as tops for guitars. But it's like the sound hole is these. I want to call them deformities, but they're not. I don't. I don't understand them. In, per, inclusions. Inclu- inclusions. Sure. Yeah. Um, the two that you would have found. Uh, well, I've done three with the. It's called Torito wood, but the wood itself is Sitka from Alaska, and mm. they were cut out of boom logs. So this company out of Alaska called Alaska Specialty Tone Woods. Um, they only harvest deadfall or like boom logs and cut tone woods out of that for like Bedell Guitar Company and Santa Cruz Guitar Company and then all the bespoke like luthiers. And um, so this, the wood with the, the holes in it is called Torito wood, but it is in Alaskan Sitka spruce. And how that happens is being in the, being in the, the water, um, there's a clam, it's like about a half inch diameter that bores into the, into the tree. And like, they'll go all through the tree, just continually boring. And the hole becomes, it's kind of like skeleton. And inside of that is like all its gelatin um, behind the clam head. Like it's a little small, little clam, but behind that is a gelatin. Um, But, and so you'll see different sizes when you look at the guitars that I've built with it, but it just depends on the direction that it's cut through the wood. Right. Um, and which way the clam board? Yeah. Oh, it's super. I really so, love that I can see the bracing inside. Of yeah, the, that. that's that's. I love it. I mean, that had to have uh, presented a couple of challenges in building too. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, you have to make sure you've done everything. All the decisions are right. Um, and then bolting on the neck. I do bolt on neck so you can remove. So bolting on the neck is difficult because you have very limited access. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's very unique, very unique looking, and they're unique sounding as well. No doubt. The, yeah. So one of them, one of them I did is at the National Music Center of Canada. Um, is it the, the living one in Calgary? Piece. Yeah, that's yeah, one in Calgary, and then Slash got one, and then I have my, one on my wall. I'm looking at right here. <laughs> okay, so so Slash has a few of your acoustics then. Two, yeah. Two, okay. Mm-hmm. That's um, wow. Yeah, it's it's that's a very beautiful guitar, man. 
Um, very certainly eye catching with, yeah. with those streaky uh, boreholes running through the top there. Hmm. Very cool. Did you uh, did you significantly change up what you would usually do for the the soundboard bracing to to use the Torito wood? I stayed pretty much with the standard, and I had to move the. I had like extra large soundboard pieces so I could move around the, the hole so that I didn't see as much bracing. I saw a minimal amount of bracing. I didn't want to see too much, but I mean, now you've said that you like to see that. I'm like, Hmm, that's interesting. Um, I'm, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I don't yeah. see why anybody wouldn't like, yeah, to it's see, like to you honest. get to see the, the, I don't know, the inner workings, you know, behind the a, wizard's curtain yeah, a little bit. becomes a part of the art. Yeah. I, True. That's yeah, it's interesting talking to other people because I always have these concepts or these ideas and I think this is how it has to be done. Like I wanted to hide the bracing for that. I did have to manipulate it a bit around the, the holes. Um, but again, with like the Hendrix thing, I, I tried to find the cleanest, best old growth because it was built, the house was built in 1917, so it was old, old growth fir. Um, but I wanted, I was like, I'm building high-end guitars. It has to be the cleanest, best possible. The first two were done with that. And then I got a client out of Brazil was like, give me something with nails in it. And then this latest one that I did legends where I did the mix of the tree mahogany and the Hendrix top and Hendrix neck. Um, I was like, let's use a dirty piece with holes in it and stuff. And that's like, everybody loves that more, which was completely opposite to what I thought. <laughs> well, I, uh, maybe it's the perception of it, you know, cause you can say something's made out of out of wood from Hendrix's childhood home, um, mm-hmm. but when you're looking at this pristine guitar, it's 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 like if you know it, it's cool. But then when you look at the one where you can like you can see all the all the flaws, yeah. quote unquote, or the, mm. the nails, yeah. that kind of thing. It's like the strip of trim that has his height marked in sure. it. <laughs> <laughs> it. That that kind yeah. of visually connects the story a little bit more for you. So that would be what my, yeah. that's my hunch as yep, to why yep. they might like that more. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I think 99.9% of people would agree. And I, as the like person creating them, didn't even think of that. Even though I had the idea, I was like, make it clean. <laughs> Well, I mean, sometimes, uh, sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees, right? You're you're in close to the canvas. I, I see what you did there. You're creating, the, <laughs> you're creating the artwork. You're in close on the canvas. It's hard to sometimes, you know, you can step back and look at it from two feet away where you're holding your palette, but sometimes you need somebody standing at the opposite end of the room, going, "This is what it looks like yeah. from here." Yeah, exactly that. And then I also kind of like, I wanted to make it as clean and like high end looking as possible so that, um, just for my personal self, actually, that was just like a personal thing I needed to do for myself because, um, that's what I want my brand to represent. And I didn't feel like the dirty nail hold ones represented it (laughs) as much at that moment. And then I grew past that, like having to have it clean and shiny. Well, you know, art evolves, right? So that's, yeah, I can yeah. get that. <laughs> I can appreciate that. If you if go. you if you thought and made guitars exactly the same as you did in 2013, well, yeah, that's not great either. I mean, those guitars were probably yeah. great, but you want to grow and you want to evolve and you want to evolve the craft and the art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this hemp white I had to certainly make as clean and crisp and beautiful, like. So it just depends on, I guess, what the, the vision is. Mm. 
Yeah, it's cool, man. I, I love that hemp wood guitar. I'm going to go listen to that track again when, or that video again when we're done here. <laughs> Super gorgeous. Um, well, we're kind of getting long in the tooth, as they say, on time. Yeah, we could go on and on. I know. I always, this is the your, worst. Your sound hole designs are amazing, too. <laughs> okay. Just saying. I like them. So Hi. Um, Hi. I'm just going to say it now, man. Uh, we got to have you back. We're going to have to have you back and geek out some more and ask questions sure. that are... Uh, Way below your intelligence to answer. Um, <laughs> We've basically built a, yeah, brand, a mean, brand of that. You yeah, know? that's our brand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid questions asked to really smart people. <laughs> wow. This is this is a good Sunday for me. I have two two people tell me I'm really, really, really good looking Ruben Ridiculously good looking. And he's smart. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Beauty and I'll brains. That's um, joy guitars, man. <laughs> well, I have some. I have many ideas. So I'll have like I have something really. Probably my biggest thing is it's still in the works. It's like a two-year thing that I've started working on. It's going to be involving four indigenous artists and myself. So oh, that's going to be man. that's going to be off the charts. Going to be off the charts. I'm excited about that. Thanks for leaving us salivating on that note. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there, there's one thing I do want to just cover before we before we make an exit here. Where did the name yeah. Joy Guitars come from? Um, this is a first. I know. There's a handful of things. Um, uh, well, the obviously. So for me, I felt like I wanted to disconnect from. Um, it was because my work is stories and a lot of my beginning, like the equilibrium, which is the guitar that had the Torito clam hole. That was like a conversation about um, that I was having about my father's drug addiction and a broader, uh, broader approach to that would be, I guess, just a human experience of like the, the good and the bad. And I just wanted a bit of a removal from my brand and not have my name on it. So obviously I was left with the question of what do you name your brand that can connect with people? And the J-O-Y is like, that's, I don't know, doesn't do it. So J-O-I just made sense. Um, and it's French for joy too, so. Well, there you go. Okay. You know, Trevor, uh, Trevor Woodland at Vigilant Guitars had a similar feeling. He didn't want to call his guitars Woodland Guitars. He wanted something that... Uh, yeah. Yeah, you maybe maybe represent your brand. I'm actually working with Trevor right now on building a EVH uh, Frankenstrat. Um, cool. Oh, that's we're, we're working with Trevor too. That's amazing. Uh, we're, we're working on a Brad, project with him as well. Yeah, you guys have some. You guys have some guitars. Two different kinds of guitars I noticed that yeah. are coming out. Yeah. Um, so is that a brand that you guys are like designing and then working with luthiers to no, no, bring no. to the world or well, what's so. Personal, because really, what we do on the show is content creation. Yeah. Um, okay. So what we wanted to do, because our show is is um, based on the culture of guitar, and we want to just you know explore that culture and just bring the whole community closer. Um, mm -hmm. We realized something in that in guitar culture we hadn't even really touched on at all was parts casters and parts caster builds and that whole community. Because there's there's guys that that's like. That's the the meat and potatoes of their guitaring hobby. They they may not even play that much, but they love to put together mm -hmm. guitars, um, mm -hmm. buying parts from various places and 
Mm. And so we kind of wanted to explore that. And, uh, you know, but when you, when you get into that, you also run the thing of like, you know, there's 800,000 YouTube videos of like building the ultimate telly or, or, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. And so we were kind of like, okay, how do we do this in a unique way? Um, while still like connecting with that parts build market, mm-hmm. um, but doing something a little different, and and because we're a, we're an audio podcast, we're not a video, you know. We don't. Our Instagram is as visual as we get. We have to kind of uh, find ways of pushing it to make it interesting for for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we when we wanted to do these parts build, we put a lot of time into um, how can we make things different? Who could we work with that can make something cool. different um so yeah. we're just that's what we're doing we're doing a whole we're going to be doing a whole mini series kind of not quite in wow. real time of putting these things together and building them but as real time as we can make it mm-hmm. yeah and uh, and and working with different luthiers as well obviously because like yeah. trevor from vigilance doing the necks from my reading and yep. then you have another guy doing the bodies and yep. and then you're talking to different and it's all bespoke, it sounds like, from what yeah. I understand. You're different yeah, pickup guys. Because we could, I mean. That's would, really cool. It would be easy to go with, like, Warmoth or All Parts or something like that or Seymour Duncan pickups. and mm-hmm. you, you know, mm-hmm. but nobody needs anybody to create more content doing that. No. Well, and, and those. Uh, you guys are bringing, the, bringing stuff to people, the uh, like, grassroots. And um, yeah, that's, that's like, man, you can, you make a difference in, in these small bespoke uh, fellas lives, you know, maybe small ways, but it, it all is part of the big picture of like a, a successful small entrepreneurial luthery, um, Thank you. whether it's electric or acoustic. Well, that's sure what we're hoping to do. I mean, we wanted to, we wanted to do this content. We want the guitars, the instruments to be amazing, but we also definitely want the people we work with to see a lot of love and mm-hmm. interest from this. So we're hoping we're doing it right. <laughs> And so then do you guys then move on to like, it's something you used to play in or is it auction stuff no, or what, what happens um, next stage? Frankly, <laughs> we're keeping these. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fine. We, we, um... But at the same time, like that's cool because you're, you're share, as you, you create these, you're sharing the content, which brings people's attention to the, yeah. to the luthiers. We, we or definitely want to inspire people to do this, but yeah. Yeah. you know, uh, Frank, this show's out of pocket. We, we don't earn any money on this show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, you know, after a year and a half, it's, there's been a yeah. the amount of expense up to do this. So this is kind of, um, we're, we're going to make sure that the people we work with get lots of, of, of uh reward out of this as much as we can possibly give them because yeah. everybody involved in this project is amazing casper and i are the weak links in this project. we really are and i i i, I said this out loud no, the, day. I the reason that I this is not going to turn out is going to be <laughs> my hands no. and not not because well, somebody <laughs> didn't uh didn't do a good job because i mean between trevor at vigilant gary at parts caster sean at gun street dan at more guitars um yeah uh, who, who um i'm forgetting somebody you two you two are a part of well, that's well, you gotta name yourselves in there because it's part of the whole big parcel of it all yeah. and um like trevor i know him personally have for years now and just a super good guy and is doing amazing work yeah. and it's rad that rad that you guys are bringing attention to you know 
different people's work at well, the end of the you. day. Well, thank you. We hope to. And, but, Appreciate that. You know, to, to address your uh, the auction idea, mm. uh, mm-hmm. we haven't shared this on air yet, but nope, how we, do you feel about sharing Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So we, we're having such a blast with this build process already um, that we were kind of like, well, really want to do this again but it would kind of get a little bit um selfish well i i, I would feel re- i wouldn't feel it right wouldn't about feel good if build, every year build we build ourselves, ourselves new instruments no, it's not yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> um so what we want to do next year we're thinking and, and we haven't this has all been just talk yeah yeah we're just, just chatting but, about it but the basics we've come down to is we want to do an, another build series yeah a single only, instrument right. only this time we're gonna yeah we're yeah. gonna do one instrument we're gonna do it um, we're not sure who we're going to work with, if we're going to work with the same people or maybe new people. We, it, that, that's been not discussed yeah. at all, but this instrument will not be for us. It will yeah. be to give away. Yeah. Right. And the way we want to do it is people are going to donate to a nonprofit of something that's, we haven't decided what kind of, cause there's like a say, lot of this non-profits is really, out there really that, early spitballing, yeah. but the idea is that it, you can donate to to a, you know a value that we will determine later, um, to a nonprofit that yeah, we will determine that later. Yeah, something we think is doing good, not maybe uh, like food mm-hmm. banks or something like that. And, and something, but it'll be uh, a nomination process. So you don't actually receive the instrument yourself. Yeah, you nominate. You nominate to, someone that you think needs it, deserves it, uh, cool. would benefit from. Yes. It. So it's not about. Good. It's not about you know. For my example, if I was to donate, it's not about me donating so I can have it. It's about yeah. me donating so that my my friend's kid that really likes music but they're strapped, he yeah. can really benefit. Yeah. You know that that's, kind of man. That's like idea. your double your double whammy. That was yeah, the idea. That's the idea. Yeah. So Good we really like, want that's brilliant. it to be uh, a positive on every front, so that some the, the person that gets this not only didn't ask for it. But they also they need it. Yeah. They need it. And, 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 and they're going to be absolutely blown away by it because um, if it's anything like the things that we've developed over the last year for our project, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. And but you know what? It'll change somebody's life. And that's what I want to have to pull from it. I've been the person that needed it. And you stepped in and filled that gap for me, Casper. I guess so. Because my, my acoustic got stolen. Yeah. You gave me your Kronbauer. I've had it for years now. That is true. Literally to tour with and bash and, and <laughs> <laughs> um, like, cause I, I didn't have the money to replace it. And you, yeah. you, you kept me working. Yeah. And there's other people that have had that similar experience that just have a thing in need. I, and I, I was lucky that I had a friend that could help me out and I didn't have to go begging. Uh, well, yeah, I and I now you have to go begging. Now you have a uh, now you have a platform to create it with. Yeah, yeah. Which I I do as well, and that's what I, I grew up with a situation where I needed that platform as a child, and I never got it. So for me, it's really important to give it now. But like we have platforms that are, at, you know, at not at our disposal, but at our fingertips, and. Um, it's as simple as putting some effort into making it happen, yeah. having the vision. And I mean, it sounds like I, you guys have taken it definitely to the next level with that We're concept to, of like know, I mean, actually not getting the, the person purchasing. Actually, they get a double gift of like two people getting to benefit from it. So yeah. it, it, super it just, rad. It just takes it, you know, it takes all the, all the selflessness out of something and just, it's just good. Yeah. Yeah. All around good. And it feels good. Yeah. 
And <laughs> I kind of think like if you have some kind of a platform, if you have some reach and have some influence, I almost think it's a moral obligation to try and mm-hmm. do some good with it. <laughs> I'm with you. Agreed. And I mean, like, even you're not only you're doing this for these, the food bank, let's say, and then this person that gets the guitar, but now you've also got the builder who gets it to extra attention. You've got the pickup mm-hmm. guy who gets extra attention. You, like the whole thing is a beautiful thing. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's. I, if we were close by, we'd cheers a beer or something. <laughs> well, you're only in Victoria, man, so uh, we'll, um, we'll 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 have to do that sometime anyway. I'm hoping there's yeah. some uh, some some leeway on the highways being able to travel because I'd like to head down to the island for a week or two in the summertime. Mm. I go to Tofino Very again, cool. and maybe I'll try and talk to swing by talk uh, the misses into going yeah. and uh, visiting uh, visiting South uh, Island, Trevor, and yeah, yeah going to the South Island. Yeah, man. Yep. I'm I'm actually not in Victoria. I'm out outside of Victoria. I'm towards Souk area, but um, yeah. Okay, that's like yeah. I, I I drive <laughs> a, a far. diesel Jetta. It's, you it's island good on people fuel. in your sense of distance. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's crazy is I went to the island and I tried to find one of those decals, a decal of the island. Right. And I was like, I just love the place, and I'm going to move there one day. Um, but yeah. yeah, sorry to break it to you, Al. We're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting a divorce. But I can't find. I couldn't find that sticker. Anywhere. There you go, listeners. So any any of my island Vancouver people. Vancouver Island Deckle for Casper. Vancouver Island Deckle for, for Casper, please. <laughs> I when I last time I was on tour on the island, mm-hmm. um, I was staying with some I because I'm just I'm I'm you know I'm obviously not a uh, yeah I'm not a uh, admiralty suite touring <laughs> artist. I'm the crash on your couch. You're guy. a couch surfer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the people I was staying with were in, in Saanich slash Victoria. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I had a gig up in Nanaimo, and then I was just going to drive back that same night and, and crash again. They're like, "Oh my gosh, you're going to do all that driving in one day? It's, it's like two hours." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, the, I, the whole folks on the island have a whole. The island is so yeah. fantastic, man. <laughs> Last time I was down there, me and another buddy ended up putting on like a parking lot concert at the mall, just, just jamming in the mall. And like the security guards came out and we're all, I was like, oh man, we're going to get shut down. There's like people gathering and they came right up to us and we're like, hey man, everything okay? Like, oh yeah, yeah, keep going. Yeah, yeah, we just came out to watch. Yeah. It's like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was great. It was, no, it was funny. Like, I'm from Alberta, okay? Yeah. I'll drive eight hours for a show in a place to crash. Yeah. That's funny. That's right. <laughs> well, um, dude... Ruben, man, you are, you're a prince among people. You're, you're an awesome guy. I can't wait to have you back. Where do people best awesome. get in contact with you and find you? Like what's, give us this, give us the, the best. Yeah. So the best ways, uh, but I, I prefer if you're going to really want to talk to me, shoot me a message, um, via my email, there's a contact page there. Um, you can hook me up or hook up with me on Instagram under J O I guitars. And, um, yeah, my brand J O I guitars.com. That's how you get in touch with me. Cool, man. All right. Well, um, don't just don't text me. Don't text. Well, okay. <laughs> as, I, as I, I was have, like, oh, okay. And puts his phone down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, have you your can. number to I give mean, out. So. Don't text me. Not because I don't want the text, but my, my phone is not working. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a bag, five pound bag of muscles and I used to, 
leaked all over my phone last night. So <laughs> that's right. You were telling us that. <laughs> my that's phone true. is in a bag of rice right now. So is, if you text that me, that feels like I will not reply. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, dude. Yeah, and then that's right. Yes, sir. <laughs> Thanks again, man. Um, uh, we could talk for hours, and unfortunately, we're, we just got to not do that. So yeah. we can have you back again. Um, all right. And thanks again to all our listeners for chilling out with us, and uh, we'll uh, we'll chat with you next week. Mm-hmm.